Welcome to Sports Connection. I'm Darren Joins, Williamson County Schools Athletic Director. And this week, we have a very special guest, and I hate to even use the word guest. The man ran this thing for so long. Uh, uh, we do maybe need to talk to Dr. Qualls while Tate Matthews is out on assignment today. He couldn't be here. Uh, but maybe we need to talk about, you know, my one of my heroes in life, Mr. Cardwell, that said, if you got that big rock, you know how you throw it in a, <laughs> you throw it in a lake and it makes a... Makes a ripple. No, it makes a big splash. Big splash, but the ripple is, is the effect that people forget, right? And I'm way past the ripples, my friend, way past. So thank you for uh, inviting me. You're, I know that the crew here, Mr. Producer, loves your intro. It's a little bit more subdued and not as much WWE wrestling loud where it spikes the microphones, but glad to be here. Love to see the crew. Love the time that we spent over those five years with those guys, and, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, tell us what's going on, your new role, CT director, but, and we've talked about this a little bit on game days and some different times, but this is a great opportunity to talk about what you got going on in CTE as it relates to sports, more specifically, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we've, we've, we've had some really uh, neat op opportunities this year in, in the CTE world at the Entrepreneurship Innovation Center. Uh, with, with you in combination on the Outside the Lines project, which is a work-based work learning program for, for a couple of our kids that we have, uh, centered around jobs, around athletics. But specifically, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans came in <clears throat> at the first of the year, wanted to kind of use the EIC students as a think tank. They were trying to solve the conundrum that is, where, are our, where is our generational fan base? Kids at the high school and down level are not going to the Tennessee Titans football games. And I told them, be careful what you asked for because these kids have no reason to, to lie. So when they asked and posed that question, you'll love this. The answer was, it's not as good as a Friday night in Wilco football. <laughs> so think about that for a moment. And that was kind of the reaction of those guys of like, really? I'm like, man, you don't understand. You know, when you sell uh, six figures in, 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 in public education high school tickets, think about that annually. Uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty hard number to come by. Everybody goes, it's organized. Um, whether you're interested in football or not, they're there, it's a social event, it's fun. And I was like, if you can duplicate that at a Titans game. For us that grew up, Houston came to Tennessee, we'll always be fans, but for this younger generation, you've gotta kinda reinvent the wheel, if you will. So it started off <clears throat> as that, excuse me, it started off as that, and then it went from, uh, uh, we love this idea, let's put, you know, let's put some more meat on that bone, if you will, and, then it turned into a six-month process. They gave the opportunity of taking the Jacksonville Jaguars game and making it WCSs. And the kids came up with the marketing plan, uh, came up with the events around it, um, and the rest is history. They sold the game out. They uh, got NFL approval to have the first ever NFL student section. They built it. It was just, it was really phenomenal. It really was. And, you know, the thing I loved about it, uh, more than the obvious, you know, getting to be involved in the game like they were, but I love that, which I think will be around forever with the NFL now, which is the NFL's largest student section, which is what it was promoted as. Other teams are going to do this. There's just no question. Probably so, and, and, and it's great because we, we started it, and it came from an idea from a bunch of kids at the Entrepreneurship Center. And the interesting thing is, is the fact that people talk about partnerships all the time. We have a partnership with them. We have a partnership with them and businesses or whatnot. This was a true partnership. This was one of those things where it wasn't lip service. Their creative agency came once a week 
and spent all day there, had full access to the kids, kids asking questions. You know, if they had questions during the week when they weren't there, we got on the phone with them. It was really, really phenomenal that they take those real-world experiences that they can go to their business, they can go to resumes. When they go to college, they can say they worked with the Titans. Now they have them. Not does it say we worked with the Titans. We can show you how we worked with the Titans, and it helped bolster the resumes and experiences. So it was really, really a reciprocal uh, partnership. No question about that. And if you had an opportunity just to be around it, it wasn't. It was way more than. And I know you were very conscious of this, and the Titans were too. A follow me around for the day, and let me tell you what I do, and uh, I don't know what else to get you to do. I mean, it wasn't that. It was a let's work together. Well, we made that up, you know, clear up front. We didn't want it to be, you know, if internships came off the back end of this, so be it. That's fantastic. But we didn't want it to be a babysitting service. We didn't want to be a shadow day. It wanted to be a hands-on these people are extensions of your creative agency. Use these kids, use the resources. And it went from, uh, and I'll give this quick story and I'll get off of it, but uh, uh, one particular student, Will Corum from Brentwood, uh, went from an idea to the next time they came in, literally seven days later, to a, a three-slide, slide deck presentation to them that he said, I want to meet with them on the side. And he had a full plan of how to increase the TikTok uh, engagement because he, in his words, the TikTok for the Titans was not very good. And they were like, you know, who talks to us this way, right? That's what they wanted. So he showed them where they were uh, according to the NFL markets. And then he showed the Indianapolis Colts as an example of similar demographics and how they can improve the engagement rate. And so far, uh, it is, it's worked. So it's, it really is incredible. Just another thing that we're doing. I know this show's about sports and that's sports. But really, it's about that academic process. It's about that uh, developing young people into into uh, getting their skill set better and maybe leading to careers. And if nothing else, an opportunity to actually interact with true business professionals. Well, people ask, how, how did they, you know, what do y'all do at the ESC? Well, y'all shark taking it. They're coming up with business. Well, the Titans, what does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do. You have to get a part of a team. There was, you know, not every day was was ice cream and roses. It was, it was people arguing on their behalf of their creative uh, piece that they had come up with of, of the argument of how it should stay or why it shouldn't stay or why my, my, my argument is to you, my, my idea is better than yours, right? So they had to come up with that problem solving as a team and then present that and move forward once that decision was made. Think about that in the workplace. Think about that as a, a potential future employee where I come and say, look, this is what we did. We didn't always agree. But that's okay. Once we got to that agreement point, we move forward as a team. And for those of you out there, parents, get your kids to find out about the EIC outside the lines, which we're taking applications for right now. Um, and, and, any, and any CTE program. I mean, honestly, that's right. that skill set of being in a, in, a, in a sports marketing class, a data analy uh, analytics class, social media analytics class, any of those things, go away with that skill set. Go into, the, go into the, uh, the competitive market that is – a collegiate entrance and say, this is what my skill set is, this is what I can do. Last thing before we talk about uh, the performance this past week of some of our athletes, and this is something I know Lance and Creed, you know, they're going to, they're sitting back there in the back, you know, half paying attention to what we're doing right now, but when we talk about this, they're going to perk up a little bit. Heather, not so much, because we're not talking about Dungeons and Dragons. E-sports, that's something that we're rolling out uh, in the district. I know you guys in CTE are heavily involved in that. Talk about eSports. Man, I'm excited about this. I, I know nothing about video games outside of Contra, the Contra code from back in the day. But 
<laughs> this is this billion dollar industry is, is enormous. Not only that, I had an opportunity this week to go and meet with the folks at Belong, which is a brand new esports arena over at the Cool Springs Mall. Uh, their, their, their plans are in the next three years to have 300 locations. So you got to think about this is a ever growing business. It's huge. Fortnite, obviously, everybody that's a household name. Uh, but it's more than that, right? We're, we're looking at the academic processes that go around esports, how to build a game, what the thought processes and problem solving goes into a game. What about the strategies and teamwork that is involved in the actual playing of the game? There are so many uh, aspects of this that I, I did not know prior. But right now, we're sitting on roughly 1,500 to 1,600 potential esports athletes out of Williamson County. Uh, I want to be able to say, coming out of the box in August, that we're the first full system in Tennessee that has a, a, a encompassing league of 10, 10 schools. Uh, this spring, we're going to start in March uh, with two schools, Franklin Summit. We're going to come out of the box on a soft launch on that. It's going to be fun. It's, it's exciting. Uh, not necessarily people automatically think we're doing the shoot 'em up games. That's not the case. We're going to uh, play League of Legends. Don't have any idea what that is, but it's not a shoot 'em game. <laughs> and uh, Rocket League, which is like a soccer ball and a car trying to push the soccer ball. Anyway, we're going to look at some interesting things. You know that Tyrell Dotson, Van Jefferson, Garrison Matthews are all gamers. We're going to look at some pros versus Joe's event as well and, and even uh, do some things with the Titans as, as a culminating championship event. Well, it's exciting. I know uh, you guys are obviously going to be, continue to be involved, mainly OTL, but certainly maybe some of your EIC students as well with the Girls Flag Football League coming up. So we're excited about that too. All right, Dr. Qualls, let's talk a little bit about some results this past week. Let's start with bowling, uh, the region tournament, which took place at 10 Penn Alley, uh, January 10th on the girls' side. A little bit of a surprise, Franklin goes out in the semifinals, Centennial uh, loses to Lawrence County in the quarterfinals, and on the boys' side, another surprise. Summit ends up beating Franklin in the semifinals. Franklin was really the favorite on the boys' and girls' side. Summit did lose to Dixon County in the championship. Uh, they ended up actually losing in the sectional round, one short of the state tournament to Beach High School. You fast forward to the state tournament. For the first time this year, Dr. Qualls, the way it was set up, it wasn't based on your averages during the year. We had a true individual region tournament and then a state tournament. Uh, they had 54 bowlers there on the boys and girls side. It got reduced to six players. Out of 54, you had to be in the top six to advance to the semifinals. Unfortunately, we did not have anybody in that top six, Matty Yates of Franklin was the top finisher, five spots out of advancing to the semifinals. On the boys' side, Brandon Didier, he finished seventh, one place out of advancing. He was 25 pins short, and that's after bowling six games. So that's not very many pins. Another thing I wanted to mention to you, and I know you're proud of this too, because you, you love sports here. We also have just started middle school bowling. We're one of the few districts that has an organized middle school bowling league through the school system. We have 10 teams, a part of that right now this year. This is a sport in your time here, just like the others, we continue to get better and better and better. Yeah, anytime you can get out at that middle school level and, and get that feeder program going, it's great. But on top of that, if I'm not mistaken, there are, is there a state championship for the bowling side? Not, not in middle school. Okay, not yet, not yet in middle school. It, it will come. So when that day comes, obviously we'll, we'll be in the, w, um, in the WCS League, the WMAA League of old, that championship trophy is very coveted, right? And it will continue to be so for bowling. But as those, those championships grow, that gives you another opportunity to bring that hardware home for WCS and, and a feeder program. Well, and talk about this now that we're, we're, we're talking about middle school. 
Uh, basketball is one of those sports that are a state championship. You have a son that plays on one of the teams locally, Thompson Station, and I do think it's something that they talk about as players. They know that it's coming up, especially in that program because their head coach talks about it. But uh, the WMAA, again, great championship, something they'll always be proud of. But when you start getting to state championships like our cross-country teams did, that'll be the thing you end up talking about. Well, of course. I mean, you start looking at the WMAA and you go around to all of our gyms and you see the banners hanging up. And it's been a phenomenal league for us for however many years. It predates me. Jack Daniels Day set that up. Uh, and kudos to Jack because it wasn't necessarily an easy thing to do to set up a league that's comprehensive like that. But this carries a different weight. This has a different feel. You put up a WMAA banner that's fantastic, but you put up the state championship trophy uh, banner, that's a whole different weight class. And yes, it is being talked about at Thompson Station. The parents are very aware of it. Uh, uh, there, there's some high expectations out of the Thompson Station Middle School basketball program, as well as other programs across Sunset is a fantastic team, uh, as well up north in that big, small league. So it's interesting to have an opportunity to bring not one, but two home to WCS in that middle school conference would be pretty awesome. Speaking of a sport we've really grown in, and here's a sport that uh, during your time as athletic director, you were in this spot for five years, Independence and Coach Grindstaff, they were kind of the program that embraced wrestling. Well, what ends up happening, which is probably a little bit of sour grapes for them, this past week, we had our first girls wrestling region duels championship. That was Ravenwood High School. They defeat Independence 39-30 in the region championship. Kaylin Thomas defended, uh, defeated state runner-up from last year, Bailey Peterson of Independence 7-6. And then Cammie Lobliner had a pin at 145 to secure the win. Other team members that I do want to mention, Grace Butner, Rachel Martell, Amelia Martell, congratulations to Geston Gordon, who's the head girls coach, also Brody Failer, the head boys coach there. But it's exciting. Anytime you can get a first, and it's like any other sport, I say this all the time, no matter what the sport is, especially when we get into it, and again, we embraced girls wrestling a few years ago. We haven't had quite the results, but we're coming. Here we come. Well, congratulations to Ray Wynn, first and foremost. But I know Coach Grindstaff, it's, it's killing him because he <laughs> really did pioneer the girls' side. He, he advocated for it uh, many years ago, uh, had, had a large team. Summit followed suit with him as well, uh, and uh, they've done a great job. Had a lot of Wilco representatives, obviously, from in, uh, Independence and, and Summit zones in the past. Looks like it's branching out to Ravenwood now, and it's getting a lot of traction. So congratulations to uh, Ravenwood. District duels this past week. Franklin on the boys' side with a 36-33 win against Brentwood. Caleb J. clinched the match for Franklin with a 9-2 decision. Now, what Coach Tomlinson's got going over there at Franklin, think about this. This is the first time they had defeated Brentwood in a duel since 2013. That's nine years ago. Big win for Franklin. Huge. You, you start looking at the state championships, right? Unfortunately, it eluded the state championship for us as when I was in your role. Uh, yeah, Fairview changed that yes. for us. Uh, Fairview Homer. What the, you know, the job he's done out there is phenomenal. But if I'm not mistaken, you may have to check the record books. The only one that we've got, as same, same thread as boys basketball, is at Franklin That's Hunter. correct. And uh, it, it just, for some reason, that championship has gone through Cleveland and that East Tennessee region is really, really strong. But I feel like we've inched closer every single year. We've gotten closer and closer. Maybe this is the chance. Maybe well, and, and Summit last year in the duels finishes third. That's another program that's on the rise. A couple other scores from this past week on the boys' side. 
Nolensville with a 51-27 win over Independence. Ravenwood over Centennial, 44-30. Fairview, 62-12 over Cheatham County. Page with a couple of wins over Lawrence County and Spring Hill. Also want to mention a couple of great individual tournaments that took place. GP West tournament at Brentwood. Former head coach at Brentwood. Uh, GP West, they had six of the top tens, our top ten teams in Tennessee. And then at Franklin High School, the Franklin Admirals Invitational. Again, lots of local flavor to that one, Quick too. Quick trivia question. What do they give the winners of the GP West tournament? Cowboy hat. That's correct. Damon Smith, <laughs> Mr. Oklahoma himself, Mr. Cowboy Boots himself. You know, something about wrestling, I don't know if you ever, I'm sure you did notice this. And I'd love to talk to him how this came about. In the finals, you know, they dress pretty casually, the coaches do, when they have these matches. I mean, they wear the WCS Adidas polos. and But then at some point at the state tournament, I think it's that final day, they wear suits. That's right. That is right. Did you, when you first saw that, were you I, like, I remember first time I saw Bubba Derrick in a suit, and I was like, what is going on here <laughs> at, 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 at the Ag Pavilion, right, of all places? But, yeah, they, they, they turn it up a notch for that state championship. They do, and Damon Smith, Coach Smith, he'll have his cowboy boots on with his oh, suit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you talking about Coach Derrick. Uh, last year I was at Chattanooga and I saw him and I came up from behind him. The coaches were talking. I said, I guarantee you borrowed that suit. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. No, he's, uh, he's a lot of fun. And, again, wrestling's another sport. And I think it really boils down to this. I think our wrestling's really improving as much as anything. When you take a look at the head coaches, they're guys who've been there a while. You can't establish a great program when you're switching coaches every two or three years. And you also look at that feeder program, not only from the middle school, but you look in the weeds down there with kids that are my youngest son's age, the elementary school age, that's where that starts. And they start rolling around on the mat, figuring out things. Middle school, they pick it up a little bit. By the time they get to high school, it's a well-oiled machine. And, and those, you look at the feeder programs, it will also follow the success patterns of what's happening. Well, you take a look at Andrew Hedges, who's out at Spring Station. They uh, Phil or the zone for Summit High School. Summit's doing really well. Andrew does a great job at the middle school level. He's a big time official at the high school level. This is a guy who's a player uh, in wrestling across the state in high school and he's your feeder coach. Right. So obviously they're doing well. Let's talk a little hoops. Dr. Qualls will start girls basketball. Uh, Brentwood Franklin. Franklin leads this game 39-35 heading to the fourth quarter. Brentwood, too much Sydney Ryan. Sydney ends up with 28.7 rebounds. Brentwood wins a district matchup, 49-46. On the Franklin side, much improved team there with Coach Johnson. Uh, Tate and I talk about that all the time. Amy Elliott, only a sophomore, led them in scoring with 21 points. After that game, Brentwood's 2-0 in the league. Franklin 1-1. I still say, and look, I know that Brentwood, Ravenwood, Battle of the Woods, Franklin Centennial, Battle of Franklin, to me, that's the traditional granddaddy of them. All. It really is. Brentwood it really is. You, you go back and you look at the history of those games. Go back to the games you coached. You know, <clears throat> there's a lot <laughs> of history, and there's not a lot of love lost there between those two schools. <laughs> However, let's talk about the job that Coach Jay Johnson's done right now. He's sitting one and one in the league, done a really good job. They're sitting at 12 and four, 12 and five, somewhere in that range. But Sidney Ryan, probably a little bit motivated, former team, Franklin. But let's face it, Sidney Ryan's a good player. Good athlete, obviously can go east to west and north south, 28.7 rebounds, just too much to overcome. First one to 40, usually wins that game. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Page. You know, and they not really dropped down. They stayed 3A when we go 4A. Ranked number one in the state, led by Lily Wilkin, Mackenzie Cochran, Abigail Ward, 
Uh, they've just been cruising 3-0 in league play. Their only loss to a very good Lebanon high school team. You know, no pressure on a coach out there, but it's, it's state semifinals or bust, isn't it? It'd have to be. And I think he would tell you the same thing. I mean, you start looking at the only loss coming from Lebanon, if I'm not mistaken, pretty deep in the state championship. Absolutely. Uh, make it championship semis. Game, semis. Uh, no, championship last championship year. Championship game last year. Um, but it's, it goes back to what you were talking about wrestling. Feeder program. Page Middle School girls have been dominant all the way through. This, this group right here, I can remember as they came through as sixth graders, there was no questions asked that this, 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 this team was going to be special. And here they are, the, the fruits of that labor. And uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's all the way or bust, really. I mean, it has to be because this has been leading up for, for five, six years now. Uh, it's a great team, great uh, – uh, the Wilkin. I, I know all the opposing coaches are like, when are the Wilkins graduating? <laughs> this is the youngest. Finally, we'll get her out, right? <laughs> Ravenwood, 52-35 winners over Independence. Reagan Grimes, 15 points. Elizabeth Flynn, 12 points, 14 boards. Ravenwood, 3-0 and in the league. That's been kind of quiet. Indy, 0-3. Summit, 39-38 winner over Columbia Central. Three players with nine points, Bergen Ali, Nicole Rosani, Quinn Johnston. Summit's just getting healthy. They've, been, they've had a lot of injuries to start the year off. But here's the thing. They're 2-0 and in league play, and I keep saying this. I think in 4A, Summit's the team that's going to the state tournament. Well, it's an opportunity with this four-class system now to, to really spread the wealth. I'm going to go back real quick just a second. Independence 0-3. That does not show the growth and the improvement that's happened out there. Coach Tony Hill, I think before the end of the year, they're going to be in the middle of the pack, and you're not going to want to get that first-round matchup potentially with that team. They're young as well. Ali, younger sister at Thompson Station, is a flat baller. Older Ali, baller too. You're right, Coach Wild and his team, better look out for him. Nolansville with a 50-46 win is a non-district win over Centennial. It avenged an earlier loss, 63-48. Uh, for Nolensville, Elena Washington, 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. Emily Hunter, 8 points, 12 boards. Centennial, Sheraton Foster, 17 points. Tyra Petway, 12. Coach Ladd's team's getting better. And here's another guy. You talk about Tony Hill. We talk about him on the show all the time. Coach Bruce Hamilton at Centennial is the real deal. I mean, you're talking about a team that could not score 15 points in a game two years ago, three years ago. Uh, improvement, it's coming, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes a little bit of time, but you're right. His system, once it gets in place postseason, another dangerous team. Could go all the way, uh, as far as in the tournament, local tournament, district tournament, you're talking about if they can get the press going, if they get athletes going, things happening, cause a little bit of chaos, you don't want to have to come in on a flat night against Centennial. Now, I may mess this up a little bit, but Coach Kreisky told me something like this when they were playing Franklin last week, another great game that Franklin ends up winning in overtime over Centennial. Uh, something to the effect that the seniors had won like two games at home. That's about right. Their first three years, and they've obviously got more than that already this year. It's it's incredible the improvement. You got to think about many. There was many nights they did not score twenty points. Many nights, and I you know you feel bad for them. You got to hang in there. That's the ebb and flow that is public ed. You know you got your, your lean years, your good years, and, and, and there are people like, well, they've never been good. That's that's false. Chantel Fly team two years before that. They were in the sub-state game, and she missed a shot at the bucket. Head coach? Tony Hill. That's right. <laughs> Took me a second there. That's right. I want to make sure I'm right. Tony Hill. Uh, missed a bucket at the buzzer to go to, to, to go to the state tournament. Really, really good team. It's just it's the up and down years. And luckily for Wilco, we don't stay down too long. No, we sure don't. Let's talk about the boys' side. To me, the maybe the best story going is Fairview High School ranked number two in AA 
in the state of Tennessee. They're 3-0 in district play with wins over Harpeth, Cheatham, and White House Heritage. Uh, versus White House Heritage, Mays McCoy, a sophomore, 19 points. Kennedy Pendergrass, 14 points, 4 assists. And here's the thing about Fairview, if you want to know if they're the real deal. If you're talking about our larger schools, best two teams, in my opinion, Ravenwood, Indy. Fairview has a win over Indy. Sure do. Coach McCoy, let's talk about that for just a moment. Got his 100th win the other night. I love the fact, uh, Mr. Producer, I need uh, Tate Stick is the old boat captain. I need to flag. Coach McCoy gets that WCS flags and he waves does. it loud and proud. I love the fact that he does that. Don't sleep on the Yellow Jackets. That's going to be a huge quality win over Indy for them. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, you know, they're out there and they're like, well, you know, that 2A level, 3A level, that's not the same basketball. Well, he proved them wrong. He's done a phenomenal job. He's got a great team, great chemistry. Uh, Mays McCoy, obviously, is a great player. Pendergrass is a great player, consistent every night. You know, and the thing about uh, Fairview, too, with the way they've reclassified and uh, geographically set up the districts and regions, they don't go through East Nashville anymore. Now, they go through West Tennessee. I mean, you know, there's some good play in there. But there's it's, a lot of good play it's not East Nashville. Their path is a little bit better than it was before. It is. It is you still got – I mean, regardless, uh, and he'll tell you the same thing, they don't want to walk in. Earn your way in, right? I mean, um, four or five years ago, they had a chance uh, in a sub-state game at uh, East Nashville. They'd already beaten Stratford. That's right. And, and get into overtime, Darius James-led team, great – Great run for that group, and they just come up a little bit short. Uh, I think this group might have the makeup to get there, man. It's going to be interesting to see Fairview getting into the boys' state championship opportunity and state tournament. That would be pretty awesome. Well, and you know this because you've uh, really with Fairview, when you talked about sports, it was football. That's all we got. We do well in football, and that's it. Well, we got a wrestling state title. We've got boys' basketball ranked second in the state. Girls' head basketball had one of their best years ever uh, last year or at least in a, in a long time, Fairview High School is on the move. It is on the move. It's going to continue to grow. It's going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, people are moving. It's kind of the wild, wild west of Wilco. There's nowhere else to go, right? So, so go out that way. So, uh, yeah, hey, I have an old friend of a show, Coach Hughes. Hey, man, these guys are, <laughs> these guys are getting it done. I, I like to give him a hard time. Uh, football has been dominant. Six straight regional championships. Are you kidding me? Now it's spilling over to these other sports. And you know what? It's going to only get better for everybody. They have that team concept. One gets better, they all get better. So that's pick up the flag, wave it, and, and be, be proud of what's well, going on. Well, and Coach Hughes loves it. I was at their game against Harpeth, and he's in the crowd cheering. Oh, yeah. He's into it. He really is. Franklin on the boys' side, 60-58 win over Brentwood. Uh, Brentwood starts out the game 7 of 8 from the field, get an early 17-8 lead. Really, they led most of the game. Franklin ends up tying it fairly late in the game. And then the score's tied late, 58 all. It's a, a home run call. You got to go full length of the floor. Brentwood deflects the ball. Sophomore Davis Long falls in his hands, makes a layup at the buzzer. You saw that one on film. Unbelievable play. It's kind of as a head coach, it keeps you up at night because you're sitting there <laughs> thinking you do everything right to give yourself an opportunity. It's not like the kid went out there to do that on purpose, right? It's just a crazy 50-50 ball thrown in the air. Takes a crazy bounce. And not only does it take a crazy bounce, instead of going towards the out-of-bounds line, it literally kicks towards the center court, towards the free throw line. He doesn't even have to break stride. It was just a crazy bounce. He just catches it, layup, game over. So 
Uh, it's one of those you could play a hundred times and think there's nothing you could have done any different. It just happened to take a crazy bounce. Bounce of the ball, so to speak. Yep. Also, Franklin uh, had a 69-61 win at Centennial last week. It's that game. It's the second year we've done it. The Natchez alumni game. Uh, it's a throw. They wear the throwback uniform really cool. to 1967. Uh, in that particular game, Jack Medalli, 19 points. Noah McGee, 18. Again, Centennial with Coach Jeremy Moore. That's another team that's playing well. His two best players, they're one and one in district play, happen to be sophomores, Tanner Lee, Dominic Reed. So Centennial is another team, kind of like you're talking about independence. Late in the year, look out because they're young. Always dangerous. Always dangerous. You think back from, from every year that I've been here, regardless of what the record has been at this point in time when it comes time for district tournament, Everybody's like watching the ping pong balls bounce and hoping they don't draw Centennial. Here was a game a lot of people had circled, including myself. Independence Ravenwood. This one goes to overtime. Independence with a 74-72 win. Ravenwood's down on the road, 44-31, about midway through the third quarter. And here comes the three-point shooting. Jake Mulder ends up hitting a big three to send it to overtime, and you felt like, okay, Ravenwood finally tied the game. They're going to push this thing out and end up winning the game. Uh, but it was it remained back and forth in overtime. Matthew Witt with a big uh, bucket to take the lead, 74-72, 15 seconds to go. Unfortunately for Ravenwood, they get fouled with like .2 seconds left. Young man goes to the line, misses the first, tries to miss the second one on purpose, didn't work out. But kind of a heartbreaking loss for Ravenwood. Independence now 3-0 and in the district. Ravenwood 1-2, and Columbia Central is actually undefeated as well. Looking forward to that game with Independence. If you had no prior knowledge to this game between Indy and Ravenwood, and I told you that Jet Montgomery was held to 20 with only 1-3, you would have thought what? Probably a loss. Exactly. People sleep on the fact that Jet Montgomery's a scorer. They think about the three-point shooting that happens. He can absolutely shoot it, but he's got something from the waist up, a little shimmy here, puts him on skates, <laughs> can still score 20. Did a great job of holding him to one three, but obviously he can get to the free throw line. He's a great free throw shooter. 20 points led, all, led the scores, but one three, and they still win. You know, he was not patient in that game, too. That's a game that I actually went out to watch. And listen, he's a sophomore. He was being guarded by Lee Millette. That uh -huh. dude can guard somebody. I mean, you're talking about a high major Division One football athlete. <laughs> no question. Great game. Uh, this last one, and I know you're proud of this. You've got some history with Coach Jared Street. Uh, they played a very tough schedule, Page did. They're now in 3A. Uh, you look up, man, they've lost a lot of games, and then, but he's played a great schedule. I don't know if he set up the schedule, but they're smart. Set up this great schedule, and now, when it matters, they are 3-0 and in league play. Great games from uh, Pierce Brule, 16 points. Ryan Lane, 15 in that 54-52 win over Lincoln County. I talked to a lot of guys out in the rural sectors about uh, just – coaches across the district, uh, across the mid-state rather, and they're talking about how you set up schedules and what we should do. And they're, you know, they're worried about going 27 and two and then getting into the tournament and playing tougher competition and not ready. That is the, that's the, that's the recipe right there. Play the Brentwoods, play, play the, the independences, play these tough teams, get them to get your guys battle tested, keep them mentally sharp. And then when you get in these games right here, there's no big deal. It's not too big for them, right? So they're, they're battle tested. Well, and something else you think about this, uh, Coach Street is first year. It takes a while to get your plan into place. And the other thing that people forget about, he's got several big-time contributors that played in the state championship football game. So he got guys late, too. They are not even close to peaking yet. No, I don't think so. But you think about from your days of coaching, too, you get those guys in for football, specifically 
that were in the state championship game with a chance to win it and what kind of leadership inadvertently they bring organically to the, to the locker room. I mean, it's one of those things. It's just it's nice. They may not be the best players in the world, but you want those kind of winners around your team to build that team around. Well, and what I always liked about it, it changed practice. The physicality became a little bit different. The depth in practice was yep. different. Uh, it can only help when you have guys that go out and compete in football and other sports and compete at a high level. And competition-wise, you're already sort of peaking, so to speak. Maybe not basketball skill-wise, but they'll get it. Come February, those, those football players will be ready to go too. Coach Street, keep going, buddy. I don't know if anybody's watching it this late. They probably tuned us out after the CTE eSports talk. But Coach Street, Coach Tree, keep going, buddy. <laughs> hey, Dr. Qualls, appreciate you being here, stepping up. Uh, you were glad to do it, and I'm so thankful that you did. We're proud of you, what you're doing in CTE. We're excited about outside the lines, that work with the Titans, eSports, and then everything else you're doing. Hey, you got a $200,000 robot dog walking around at Franklin <laughs> High School, too. That could be another show. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Boston Dynamics Spot Dog. It's uh, we're the first uh, public high school in, in the country to get one. And we got a pretty big truck coming, too, right? Well, well I don't want to say that we do. I mean, it's been coming for two years. We'll see. Hopefully, yes. If not... Maybe looking for employment somewhere. That's right. That's right. I'll be, be looking for uh, jobs on LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Sports Connection. We'll see you next time.